It's about that time. For the inside trim. You know that nasty trim. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Are you ready? You better be ready, bro. Because you're about to get inside trim. And we're back. What's up, wrestling fans? Oh, yes, we are definitely back. What's going on, wrestling fans? Hope you guys are all feeling good today. It's Super Bowl Sunday. This is the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast. I am Brandon Alinger, alongside my partner in crime, Ben Watson. Don't line up on your back, bro. Man, I wasn't expecting that. Um, again, episode number 10 on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, follow us on Twitter at the Inside Trip one, one. Uh, where are we going to start out today, Ben? What's going on? Uh, uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and it's beautiful outside. We should play a little backyard football later. Have you been outside? I have. Dude, it is glorious. It just makes me smile. You know, anytime, you know, you're having a couple beers, it's like 12 o'clock on a Sunday, getting ready to go to a Super Bowl party tonight, about to talk some wrestling. I'm having a good time right now. You're hyped up, aren't you? I've got a sweet looking mustache right now. <laughs> <laughs> I went out to that party last night, and like a couple of people were like, "Oh, that's a cool mustache," and then like eight of them told me I need to shave it. Yeah, you need to get rid of it. Yeah, it's starting to. It's curling up on the sides, and I like it. Do you? How long are you gonna take it? As long as my wife keeps letting me give her mustache rides. <laughs> Keep it legal. Barely right. legal. So I think we can all agree it's been a crazy week in wrestling. Um, a lot of stuff's gone on this week. A lot of interesting news. It's weird. I don't know if I'm just paying more attention to it this year or if this happens every year, but it just seems like every week over the last month there's been these uh, non-wrestling, you know, match-related news, but just interesting stuff that's been popping drama. up. Drama. Yeah, drama, basically. Like, literally, it's been, a, it's been a very dramatic season in terms of coaching changes, transfers, international stuff going on. Pat Downey goes freaking crazy on Twitter. I mean, there's so much more drama this year than I've seen in a long time. What what is Pat's Downey issue? What? What is Pat Downey's issue? Dude, he's a he's a nut. And he just look, I don't have a I'm not gonna say anything to get myself in trouble. Look, the last thing we want is Pat Downey to not be a friend of the inside trip. <laughs> because we're gonna get lit up on lit up on Twitter. So I'm I'm Switzerland on this one, baby. I'm staying away. Um I mean, it's I definitely entertaining. Yeah, it's entertaining, but Dare I say, dude, wrestle a match? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure everybody's, you know, been following Twitter and has, have read this. I think Flow Wrestling kind of put something out on it as well. It's been talked about by other podcasts this past week. But, I mean, the guy is off his rocker, it seems like. I, he's wrestled four matches this year. Yeah, and, and the thing is, he's a great wrestler, and he's got a really good chance of finishing high at the NCAA tournament. And if he was wrestling all season and beating guys, like, you know, okay, so let's talk about this. There's another guy, like Thomas Gilman. He's uh, one of the heels. You know, they say one of the, the villains. He's out there kicking butt, pinning people. Okay, let's go with Eric Montoya, my boy, the Mex New Mexican Rattler, right? He's talking about taking heads, taking skulls. Dude's got one loss on the year and has some nice wins. Pat Downey's saying he's going to – Pat Downey called – said he's going to beat Gabe Dean. He called Sammy Brooks a bum. He called like other people just bums. He yeah, called, he called, he called Bo, Nickel Bo Nickel out a bum. A bum? Yeah. So 
I find it ironic. I mean, look, it's it's all but inevitable. Um, he's not going to qualify for, for for enough matches to get seated in NCAA's. He's oh, he'll be seated. He's wrestled four matches this year. He's four and zero. Snyder got seated last year with like a ten and zero record. I think that's a, a different <laughs> to me. I I think that's a little different. But looking back at last year's you know national championship brackets, Downey wrestled in the 197 pound weight class last year. He went in with an 11 and four record, unseated, and wrestled all the way to place fifth. And he's damn good. I mean, he's a junior uh, junior nat or um, junior college champ. Dude's yep. been you know. I think he might even be a junior world medalist. Did he? Did he medal? I think he might have medal. Was it a bronze? Maybe. Yeah, I, I know he was on. I know he's on the team. Yeah, I think he did medal. You're right, but I'm not. Who knows? But I mean, you think about it. Let's let's say. <laughs> think about what at most. <laughs> let's say he goes in with 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 nine nine wins into the 184 pound weight yeah. class. He he's gonna have to wrestle in the Big Twelves. So he's gonna come. Well, yeah, up. He's, he's gonna have right. to. He's right. Eventually, he's gonna have to wrestle Nolan Boyd. All right. So that's a eventually. toss up match. Did you hear about? Um, how he said he got interviewed <laughs> and they asked him i love these answers because they're so just funny and straightforward he goes what, what are you how are you gonna do to my boy he's like i'm gonna take him down and pin him because i'm a better wrestler than him <laughs> yeah didn't he say something like yeah. well i'm gonna be a better wrestler than him yeah i'm gonna take him down and pin him because i'm a better wrestler than him and then he doesn't wrestle boyd <laughs> and then he says kj was holding him out and kj says we wanted him to we wrestle. wanted him to wrestle but he said he didn't feel up to it <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And he's, I just don't get it, but I, I have this Look, I'm feeling. not hating on Pat Downey. No. But, you know, I'm not hating on him at all. And I get that he's always been like this. And he's always, you know, been very out in the forefront and said said what he wants to say. So I'm not hating on that. I'd just like to see him wrestle, right, to back up what he's saying. Not right. saying he can't do it. I just want to see it. Wrestle some of the good guys. I mean, it seems like every time he's come back from an injury, um, and then a tough match comes up. Suddenly that that injury is flared up again, and you know he, he wasn't able to wrestle. I think he was supposed to wrestle what Sammy Brooks. That didn't happen. Nolan Boyd. That didn't happen. He was supposed to be uh, uh, was it Midlands? Yeah, he's supposed to be at the Midlands. Pat Downey's about to put a freaking hit on your head. Well, I'm just. Are you saying he's ducking? No, I, <laughs> I ain't saying that. I mean, I'm not saying he's pulling a Corey Corey Clark or anything, but uh, all right. Look, all this right. is what I fear. I mean, not fear, but this is what I'm thinking about. Is I'm that fearful of Pat Downey? Yeah, I don't want to run into him in an alley. That's for sure. But um, dude, he's gonna. There's a great chance he's not going to be seated in NCAA's. Well, no, and he's also and he's, gonna he's gonna steal a qualification spot from somebody else that earned that spot for the uh, for the weight at Big Twelve. For sure. But I mean, what happens if he draws a Bo Nickel first round or a Gabe Dean first round? That's no problem for Pat Downey. They're bums. <laughs> they're bums. So you're saying they're bums? You're telling me that Bo Nickel ain't a bum? You're telling me that Sammy Brooks ain't a bum? I I am not saying that. No, they ain't bums. They're not. They're bums. freaking amazing wrestlers. They are absolutely. And you know what they do? They, they wrestle, wrestle matches. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I, I, th I thought we were going to be Switzerland. Now I'm like freaking Iran. <laughs> well, we'll get there later. Yeah, we'll get there later. All right, so let's move on a little bit. So listen, I wanted to t bring this up because it just got me thinking. I was text messaging with a, with a buddy about wrestling, about the 141-pound weight class, and he was saying, you know, ultimately that, you know, it's wide open. There's no dominant wrestler in that weight class, and – um, like like other weight classes, and I got to thinking like, it, dude, Dean Heil is a returning national champion who's got one loss in his last fifty two matches, fifty three matches. 
And that was to uh, Joey Ward last yeah. year, right? It, yeah, it was it was a sudden victory defeat um, in February and a duel to Joey Ward yeah. last year. Who Joey Ward himself ended up being an All American. Uh, he he's beaten all comers since then. He won a national title. He's won twenty straight matches this year, uh, twenty nine in a row since that loss. It, it, is Dean Heil like the most underappreciated wrestler in college right now? I'll say yeah because you pick Kevin Jack over him, and I'm picking Dean Heil to win it. So you're on the you're on the same see you're on the same train as those other people, and I'm not saying you're completely underappreciating Dean Heil, but you know what? Until somebody beats Dean Heil, I'm picking him to win it because he's got the skills and he's got the tools to win it. He's a great wrestler. He's really hard to score on. He can get to his own offense, and you know he can ride well enough, and he doesn't really get ridden. Um, he's is, fundamentally yeah, sound. Yeah, is he the most underrated wrestler? Underappreciated. Underappreciated. The answer to that is no. And it's because of how he wins. He wins very close battles. So he gets the, you know, people are giving him the, people aren't as high on him because he's not going out there and blowing out people. You know, he's winning close matches against the Topher Carton and against the Jaden Ironman. Those matches are close. Now, he dominated them, but those matches end up being close. So people are going to think, you know, you're you're vulnerable. But And I, I, I get your point. I mean, all great points there. But it kind of reminds me, and I'm not comparing him to this wrestler by any means, but it kind of reminds me to people's reactions to, to Kyle Dake. Kyle Dake wasn't a dominant wrestler because he won a lot of close matches. So that was, you know, that was popular. You remember at the, the NCAAs when Kyle Dake beat like uh, Mark Martin 2-0 in like the opening round of the second round of the NCAA tournament? He, I mean, I don't remember that. He, but he, went, not, on, he went on to win it, but I'm like, dude, you're beating Mark Martin, right. who was a pretty frustrating wrestler. And just, you know, because he's, you know, we thought he was going to do more, but... Um, yeah, when he beat him too well, I was like, but you, th- what I'm saying is that you make the right, right point. I think there's different types of dominance. You know, I mean, of course, you have your your Zane Rutherford and Jason Nolf dominance and Bo Nickel dominance. It just goes out there and makes people look stupid, scores tons of points. Kyle Snyder. Kyle Snyder's and stuff like that. I just got to get an Ohio State uh, guy in there. For sure. Nathan Tomasello. I mean, those guys dominate. But there's something to be said about a guy that goes out and can control every match control every position of every match and win a three to one match a four to, you know four to nothing match over and over and over he goes again sudden victory a lot too remember both i think both of his matches against mckenna don't get me wrong i know at least one of the matches against mckenna if not both of them had been sudden victory last year so he puts himself in a position to where he's got very little margin for error to win and if somebody gets in deep and takes you know gets a clean finish which is hard to get a clean finish on Heil mm-hmm. for sure like Ward did last year mm-hmm. that's what that's what could happen so what I mean by that is I, I guess now what I'm trying to say is he's very vulnerable because one there's a ton of really good Jack is amazing there's a ton of really good wrestlers in this weight class and two Dean Heil leaves himself vulnerable not by not by like how he wrestles but by how close the matches are that what do you? What do they all say? If you live on the edge, eventually, you know, you might fall. Yeah, that's a good point. And to and to you know comment about what you said about me picking Jack over him. The only reason that is is because I feel that there's very few guys in the country right now that are wrestling as well. I mean, he Kevin Jack at 141 is wrestling almost better than anybody else right now He's got at great that results. weight class. He's got great you know, results. I mean, he he dominated DiCamillo. He went out and dominated Joey Ward. Yeah. I mean, he's he is a sudden victory turn to Randy Cruz Who's, to being undefe- undefeated. Yeah. And Randy Cruz is one of those guys that, I mean, if he got hot, he could win it. And if he, you know, if he's off, he's off, you know, so exactly. he's just one of those guys that he had a nice match. He's going to have a bunch of head scratchers during the season, but obviously he knows how to wrestle one, you know, at tournament time. But I just, and the other thing I was thinking about in regards to Heil, 
do you think he's often overshadowed by the actual Oklahoma guys on that team, like Cade Brock? Um, you know, everybody talks about Cade Brock. Well, because Cade Brock's new, right? He's the he's the new kid on the block. Everybody loves something new. Everybody loves, everybody loves a new shiny toy. You know, okay, okay. They, they don't like the they don't they don't like the old grizzly grizzled guy who's just gotten it done for him. You know, Dean Heil didn't place as a freshman because he was cutting a. He did. He took fourth as a freshman. I thought he wrestled. No, he took fourth as a sophomore. Wasn't he thirty three one year? Or was that his redshirt year? No, he took fourth as a sophomore. That was at one hundred and forty one pounds. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, fourth as a freshman, as a real freshman because he redshirted. Then last year he won it. He's only a junior this year, Ben. You're right. You're He's right. on okay. track to I'm be wrong. a three time three time champ, four time placer. Okay. That's. That's impressive. I'm just trying to remember why I thought because Hyle wrestled 33 at some point. No, he wrestled 41. No, he wrestled 33. Maybe his redshirt year. Oh, right? maybe his redshirt freshman year. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember why I thought that. Anyways, that, that's irrelevant to the conversation. Because when he was at 41, his freshman year, when he yeah. took fourth, he lost to Devin Carter for third and fourth. Correct. Now I don't think here's here's I don't think that um, he's being overshadowed because of Oklahoma guys. I, like I said, Cade Brock is just the new shiny toy. That makes sense. People are pumped about him, and his style is fun. Yeah, you're right. right. You're right. It's flashy. Yeah, look, but I like watching Dean Heil wrestle. But it's not like, you know, if you got to pick Dean Heil versus Joey McKenna or Cade Brock versus Nathan Tomasello, and you want to pick which one I want to watch, I'm gonna pick Cade Brock versus Nathan Tomasello because that match is gonna be fire. You know, I, I don't want to watch Dean Heil beat <laughs> beat um, uh, Joey McKenna in overtime again, two to one or whatever. You know. No, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. I will say this. I think it's interesting that, you know, he's probably one of the the least talked about number one ranked guys in NCAA wrestling. And when it's all said and done, if he continues on the traje- on the trajectory that he's on, I mean, imagine if he w- took fourth as a freshman and won it three times. He could, he'd could he go down as one of the all-time greats. At, God, at I, didn't re- I didn't realize that. that. And I, I trust, obviously, your research, but I didn't realize that was the case. If he, if he wins three titles. And placing fourth. I mean, being a four-time player. God, he is a junior. And yeah. He's already won a title. Um. He definitely took fourth as a yeah. freshman. Um, if he wins three titles and in, in and a fourth, yeah. yeah. But that's remember in, in in high school he won four. In his mm-hmm. senior year, he beat a freshman in the finals five zero. Okay. He beat what's his face um, from uh, Lake, um, who's now wrestling for Eastern Michigan. Carson. Carson. Zach Carson. Yeah, five zero. It was right. a freshman. He's a senior. He. He, it's not like he was ever one of those guys that were just dominating even well lesser opponents, but he was just controlling. Dake is a great example. Yeah, and obviously not comparing. Who are you him texting with? To Dake, um, uh, just a buddy. I'll tell you later. You're not gonna shout him out. <laughs> Give him a shout out on the podcast. It was Adam in our fantasy league. I like Adam. Yeah, he made that trade where he traded uh, Micah Jordan for Anthony Ashenault, and he said, "Was that a bad trade?" And then he gave me his rationale where he said, "There's really no elite guy at 141." Um, and you know, that's a like, wash to me. I mean, I'd rather have, I'd rather just keep the Buckeye on my team. Yeah. But you know, Anthony Ashenault versus Micah Jordan. So, but it, it just, that, that text, his comment just got me thinking about that. But anyway, I thought I'd bring it up. So, oh yeah. They're not even in the same weight class. Um, so anyway, uh, other stuff that's gone on this week. You want to go KJ? Yeah, go for it. All right. So obviously as everybody knows by now, Ke- um, Kevin Jacksons has decided to step down as the head wrestling coach at Iowa State at the end of the season. Oh, he made that decision? It wasn't, <laughs> I mean, well, it wasn't I mean, forced upon him? I, look, I'm only going by Look, I'm a I lawyer read. in a big corporation. I know how these uh, these work. I, I'm only going by what I read. You know, I don't want to report false news. Well, because I'm sure there's a confidentiality agreement that says, look, uh, you're going to resign and we're going to pay you this money and you're not going to say that we just fired you. Well, they said they're going to put him in another place in the athletic. He's going into administration. 
Yeah, he is. You know? Towboy. What? He's going to be the Towboy. Oh, that's wrong, dude. That is wrong. I like KJ. But so, he, he he did not do a good job <laughs> as a coach. You know, I, yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I think I think this last season he had a – I think he's shown that he gets these – some nice recruiting classes in, so it gets people's hopes up. But I think, what is he, one in nine in duels this year? Oh, it's bad news. And don't even just go this year. If you compare, I, and I, I I don't want to speak out of turn, if you compare since he was there to the 10 years before mm-hmm. he was there, whatever, you know, or however long he's been there, the finishes are, it's, a, it's amazing how much higher they finished. The only time KJ finished yep. well yep. was his the year after year. Kale. Yeah, his first year. And, and, in fact, I would... You know, I don't I haven't looked this up to confirm, but if I remember correctly, the majority of the national champs and all Americans that he coached were recruited by Kale, right? I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, Zabriskie was a national champ. John Reeder was a national champ. They were both recruited by what Kale. What about the Paulsons are gone? Before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think did Varner win his fourth under KJ or or was that Kale? I don't know. I can't remember. Um, so anyway, that so we, we talked at length, you know, a couple episodes ago, or maybe it was the last episode about the the Pittsburgh opening, and now you got the Iowa State opening. I mean, the Iowa State is is, is a big job. Both of those jobs are huge, right? In, in my opinion, but yeah, Iowa State. I mean, that, that that's legendary lore. That's like coming out with your freaking uh, robes on, you know, like. Kale Sanderson wrestled there. Did Kale Sanderson take over for Bobby Douglas? Yeah, is it? But the so, same thing. Bobby Douglas was uh asked to uh get retire <laughs> yeah they asked him to retire so and then they didn't pay kale enough and he left <sighs> and uh we all are pissed about that thanks for bringing him to the big 10 oh man he's uh, we'll get to that later kale take that spot back at iowa state <laughs> can man. you please go back to iowa tit will donate the inside trip will donate hundred dollars a person if you go back there <laughs> so um who do you think they should target in this coaching search well everybody's saying bono i mean look what he's doing at south dakota state I think that is that's the guy. I think that makes a lot. And of he's sense. gonna take it. You think so? Has he expressed interest? Have, have we heard? I, I don't know. But here's the thing: say you are a loyal. I mean, that's where you wrestled in college. Mm-hmm. Imagine if okay. So say just in high school, right? Say you, you're a really great coach, Brandon, which you are, and you're coaching um, a pretty good team from around here, maybe like a you know a, you know one of our good high school teams, and then our alma mater's job comes open. You're not going to leave to go try to get it. And if it's a big job, you're going to. Same here. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Do you think he would want it? Yeah. I th- why wouldn't you want you To be the head coach of a, a a team that's won more titles than almost anybody in the world, or any, any team in the country? I think they're like third on the list of titles. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, or fourth. I know they're up there. Yeah. I just, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that makes so much sense that I probably I don't expect to see it happen though. Um, I mean, I don't even. know well, What how, do you got? Then? I don't even know how to feel about it. But who who would be some of the other? Well, David Taylor they said could he's not at? taking it. No, I mean that's not. And then my remember I picked last week. I said David Taylor should take over Pitt. And or he's not interested in coaching yeah, he's right not now. Inter- he said, which, "Yeah, Pitt. That's dumb because Pitt's not a job that's going to come over open all that often, and so, to have that type of pull." So Steve Bono's a great coach. All right, and this is just something that I think about when it comes to these these coaching um, jobs coming open. Um, he's a great coach, but we're getting farther and farther away from the time that he competed. Okay, so a lot of kids coming up these days aren't very familiar with some of the older guys. You know, and I'm just, I'm just, make, I'm just throwing it out here. Um, do you think that affects recruiting? Yeah, I think to an extent it does, but look what KJ's done. K- I mean, KJ's 
competed at, Bono competed after KJ, and um, K- uh, Jackson was bringing in. Jackson brought in a ton of recruits. But that Jackson had that experience some. at the you know teach you know coaching the international teams. You're right. Yeah, let's get these young guys in. Let's get Jordan Burroughs in. Do you right? Think you JV heard that he would have be, have an interest in coaching. Sure, I think so. But or at the ben same Askren, time, Askren maybe. Yeah, I mean, Askren's interesting. I'm I'm sure he's a great coach, but you know, Askren technically asking in which he knows can't go in there and be like, all right, do this the way I do it. Like that doesn't work. <laughs> Like, sit to your butt, get taken down, and then do, you know, JB would be a fantastic coach, too. And JB is kind of Kale-ish in terms of name, right? We didn't know how good of a coach Kale was. Turns out he's a pretty damn good coach. It's not that he's just bringing in good recruits. He's a damn good coach, too. But you think a lot of people are going to Penn State because of Kale, right? Because of the name. I would think so. Iowa State, all of a sudden, if if they, put it this way, if they announced right now that Jordan Burroughs was the coach, you think those guys that are leaving— Aren't gonna be all right. Oh, never mind. Can I can I get can I get my money back? <laughs> you know, Jimmy's like, I'm gonna give it give you half price. Yeah, I would think there's. You know, I, I'll I would, give you a six piece McNugget. I would think that there's a lot of people out there, a lot of wrestlers that would love to wrestle for a guy like Burroughs. Dude, I'm um, I got a year of eligibility left, and I'm strapping my headgear on for Jordan Burroughs. Okay, okay, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, <laughs> I'm in Pat Downey's weight class. What so. about <laughs> what about um you know the Paulsons are on staff out there right now. What about them? Yeah, I mean, they're great coaches, um, but they're also part of a team that has just been awful. Mm-hmm. No, it's stale. You don't it's like, stale. yeah, you don't like when they when they basically hire the new coach. I do if they've earned it. Okay. I do say, like, like Eggum. Yeah, like yeah, Eggum. Like, yeah, Eggum. Team's not stale. But the I know team, you didn't agree with the Roger Chandler choosing at, at I didn't, Michigan State. I thought it was a terrible idea. Okay, so when Kale eventually steps down, I'm fine with them going internal. Mm-hmm. Okay, because it's a great. But if the program is imploding, you can't just blame it on KJ. You, you, you obviously know how it works, mm-hmm. right? When when I, you know when I was in college, you know you have a great relationship with your head coach, but you know your assistants and your GAs, you know those are your day to day guys that you're hanging with, you know working out with that are giving you giving you a lot of motivation. Mm-hmm. You know head coaches, especially at these big programs, they're CEOs, right? You know fundraising. Yeah. So the Paulsons are in there and. Why would, why would I, why would I want to continue to, continue to? Um, you need to make a splash. You you got a huge job. Why give it to one of the Paulsons when you, you can go out there and give it to somebody that maybe you're Casey Cunningham. I'm not saying him, but like somebody that's part of a winning program, and that's going to bring in winning names and bring in winning recruits. It's stale, and it was stale at Michigan State, and 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 it was a terrible hire. But okay, so here's where I like it. I like it like when Chris Perry takes over Illinois. Mark, That's where Mark, I like Mark Perry. Mark Perry. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. yeah, Mark Perry. That's where I like it. I don't mm-hmm. like it when a team's awful and then you know is perpetuated. No, I get it. I get what you're saying. Those are all great points. So I, I think you're right. I mean, I think Bono probably makes the most sense, um, assuming there's a mutual interest. But let me ask you this: just throwing it out there. Uh, and not that he would ever leave, but what are the odds they try to just lure Kale back, like back <laughs> the truck up to him and say, we want you to come back where you won four titles, where you went undefeated, and get us back to prominence? Do you think he would have an interest in that, or do you think he really enjoys where he's at now? He loves where he's at right now. Yeah. But, but we see it in college football where a, a, a guy, you know, a coach, does everything they can do at a school. Right. Like, what else is there to do? Well, and I mean, they say, you want to know what? You want? To, I want to show that I'm a really good coach. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to go make Iowa State the powerhouse. 
Yes, I, I think that there's. I th yes, I think in his mind it's crossed. It's crossed in his mind. Okay, man, that would. What about what, you? Wouldn't that make a storyline? I think I, I don't. I don't know how to feel about it one way or the other. I mean, I think if I'm Iowa State, I'm definitely you know, sp you know, kind of reaching out there to see if there's any type of interest. But I think Kale right now is he's got a chance to do what Gable did at Iowa. He, he he's you know, doing it right. He's but I'm I mean, saying lo that long yeah, longevity. No, That's what I mean. Yeah, know, winning all those multiple national championships in a row. Dude, he's they're good. Really they're, they're set to win three, four in a row right now. And it's if it's Oklahoma never, State doesn't win it this year, Penn State's going to win like five in a row, and it's going to be scary. And they just continue to reload and reload. Dude, they don't. They're cheating because they're getting all these good people to wrestle for them. For free, basically, because yeah. you can't have that. Yeah, but when I say by cheating, I mean like it's not fair. Right. Like I don't think they're doing anything illegal. Right? No, I totally. Although get I'm, it. I'm a PI and I'm gonna get in there and probably investigate <laughs> that shit. So I mean, I don't know if he would have an interest again. You know, he's got that. He's got that opportunity to really get the gable. I'm you know, freaking helping pack his bags, baby. We want him out of the Big Ten uh, as Buckeye homers. So anyway, it'll be interesting to see how they, you know, who they get to fill that that position i i'd have to assume that based on losing some of the recruits they've had they're, they're starting to lose i know jackson is finishing the season out that they're gonna want to move quick i got a this. question for that do you think it was a dumb idea to announce it then right now and here's my selfish thing of what i would do if i'm an ad and i actually care about the wrestling program i'm not announcing it till the end of the year or maybe even later when all of these kids are pretty much locked in so they can't leave and then i'm saying ah guys you guys are here kj is uh he's leaving but um, thanks for coming. You've already signed your national letter of intent, and I'm not going to give you a release. Yes and no. Um, I, so this is my thought on that, and I'm not a conspiracy theory guy at all. But my thought is, strategically, if you announce that now, you're able to start getting out there, feelers out there, to find out who wants this job. Okay. And you and don't that, think you can do that backdoor? Maybe. I mean, maybe. But what are the odds that stuff stays backdoor? You know, I don't know. That's my only thought on it. I mean, it. I'm going back to our boogaloo on that one. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. You don't want to know. <laughs> Jeez, let's keep it off the podcast. No description. Um, so, <laughs> that's... Jesus Christ. Um, it's the back door boogaloo. <laughs> anyway, that's the, only, that's, that's the only thought I can come up with of why they announced this now, you know. I'm thinking they needed to go back door with JB. Yeah. We'll see what happens. It'll be interesting to see what plays out. Let's get off the back door. <laughs> All right, man. Um, so weird, odd, odd week. Um, uh, of course, our where are you going? Our our glorious president is making the decisions that he's making. We're not gonna go into that, but um, it's obviously ticked off Iran to the point to where they said, "Americans, you're not gonna come wrestle at the World Cup." My grandma's um, going to get deported because of Donald Trump. <laughs> Thanks, Donald Trump. Oh, man. And then uh, I, mean, I, I know we have to have some Trump supporters that listen to this podcast. No, look, that's fine. I, 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 I make, make no bones about it. I don't have a problem with people that support Trump, but I have a problem with people that discriminate against my grandma who came over here from Guatemala legally years ago who lives in a uh, majority Mexican community in Arizona, and people are yelling at her to get out. That ain't right. But anyways, let's no, continue. I, no, I totally agree with that. Um, that's just the ignorance that we live in. Yeah, and that has nothing to do with Trump. No, 
No, it's just, so. it's just how people are. You know, but anyway, so Iran makes the decision, you know, based on some stuff that have gone on, um, you know, basically stating, hey, we're not going to issue visas to American wrestlers um, to compete in the World Cup. Um, everybody's up in arms about it. Well, they, they said that, that we needed some sort of – not reciprocity, but some sort of reaction to – They said they would. Yeah. yeah. That they were going to reciprocate. Yes, reciprocation. Um, and they did. Um but thankfully, two days after that, the decision has been reversed based off of a, a judge in Seattle that has, uh, what's the word, issued a issued well, she a block. Issued a, she issued a, an injunction uh, to the ruling. I, mm -hmm. I believe that she issued an injunction indicating that it was unconstitutional for Trump's ban. Now that's, or the executive order, the way of doing it was unconstitutional, right? Now that's not, who knows if that's going to hold up or whatever. And it's not so much the judge doing that is what brought it back over, in my opinion, Granted, it's great and all, but I think that the real thing was it's wrestling and the UWW rallying around each other to get stuff done. And that's what wrestlers do best. You know, we see something that happens, we're going we're gonna to try to fix it. In two days, we got them to reverse it. Mm -hmm. You know, remember when Cleveland State almost dropped its program? 16 days yes, later, they 16, had a program. Exactly. We do a great job of rallying around as a community. I'd like to see a little more proactiveness, but you know what? Right now, with how where everybody is, be even the fact is we're reactive, but we're reactive really fast and really to a great point. That doesn't happen if nobody makes us think about it in the wrestling community. I promise you that. Blood Round got posted in the New York Times. That, for that. did you was see that? Awesome. That's pretty cool. In fact, I'm gonna go on record as saying that be, because of BloodRoundWrestling.com, yep, we are back in the rogue. Tommy Baranowski and Kevin Clunch. They did it. They did it. They did this for America. Yeah. Even though if Kevin Clanch calls Nathan Tomasello a turd one more time, him and I are going to have to have some stern talking to. Did he call? He Thomas calls Tomasello a, a turd. turd? He calls Baby Hercules a turd. What? Now, that, oh, we're going to go offline with that. Yeah, I'm telling you. But no, how good Who is Who wins that? in a wrestling? Never mind. Who gets their tweet put in the New York Times about wrestling? That's, That's awesome. The tweet was pretty cool, too. I yeah. mean, it was really, it was actually in depth. Like, I mean, like deep. You know, since I don't have it in front of me, but it was like since 1990, Iran and the United States have been able to keep politics out of wrestling until now, or something like that. Exactly. It yeah, was awesome. that was basically what it said. That was fantastic. Yeah. Kudos to them, man. Um, and also, big props to them as well. They continue to to keep letting us write some uh, some articles and putting it on their website, uh, bloodroundwrestling.com. Um, if you haven't checked it out, if any of our listeners don't check out that website, please go out there and check it out. There's some good stuff that gets posted out there from a lot of different people. Dude, I'm almost positive that. Like all of our listeners probably listen to them. Um, you're right. First, yeah. and then when they have nothing else to do, they come over to us. Well, they need to be hitting up their website as well. So word up. All right, man. Um, so uh, the big marquee duel this week again featured Ohio State. Um, I think I don't even know how to feel about this or what to say. I you're know. sounding pretty lackadaisical there, bud. I'm sorry. Well, because I know you're fired up. I know you were really fired up. You had, you know, you, you told me that you had a lot to say about that duel. So why don't we go ahead and we can just, you know, this is what I'll say. Damn it, we were able to go one week last week without talking about Penn State. Now we got to talk about them again. Yeah, I hate it. The worst part about it is, like, man, I actually thought that the Buckeyes had a path to winning this duel. Um, narrow it, path, but a, they have a narrow path. Yeah, we we always say that their their margin for error is very thin in these duels. You know, much like it was against Iowa, you know. But even if they didn't win the duel, I mean, I thought it would be much closer than what it was. How about competitive competition, competitive. people battling? We won three matches, and 
our yeah, it, the matches that we lost, I don't I mean it, it was more than we just got out wrestled. I mean it was if you gave me one word to to describe it or sum it up, I, I, I hate to use this, but it's it's uninspiring. It was uninspiring. That's what I, I kept on saying that, that when we were at the duel. We, we went to the duel. So and we'll talk about that, but it was an uninspiring duel um in terms of the people that competed. I thought that some wrestled hard. I thought mm-hmm. that some didn't wrestle as hard. I, I think that a lot of things, and, and the reason why I want to say it is uninspiring, but I'm not saying that our guys really, a lot of them did wrestle hard, but they just weren't ready. They weren't ready. It's like when you really train up your team and go out mm-hmm. there and then realize how much far further behind you are than those guys. Yeah, because, you know, you're right. A, a great point. I think some of the guys, and we can get into specifics in a bit, but some of the guys actually, you know, wrestled well, wrestled hard, but it's, it's, it was poor match management that lost us some matches. And, and I'll use the 141-pound match as an example. You know, and granted, Luke Pletcher is a freshman, but, you know, in that match, what, he scores the first takedown. True freshman versus fifth-year senior. Exactly. You know, he, he gets the first takedown. You think that gives, was a takedown? He, they called it a takedown, and nobody challenged it. It's a takedown. Sure, I mean, sure. you know— but doesn't he get? Didn't he give up an escape there as time ran out in the period? Yeah, I think yeah. I think that he gave up. Yeah, he gave him an escape with like 10, 15 seconds left. Like, do your best to freaking ride him out. Exactly. Absolutely. You know, and so that changed the match. I mean, if you can ride him out, it kind of changes the dynamics of that match a little bit. Well, yeah. You want to talk about match management, and we'll get into this here in a minute. Um, uh, Miles Martin got taken down every period in the last eight seconds. Are you kidding? Yeah. Every period he got taken down in the last eight seconds of the period. Lost eight to two. Imagine if you stem that off. What is it? Two one. That's insane. Or, or two two. That's insane. Or whatever, you know, that's a. Th- did you look that up? Uh, 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 track posted it um, in a final interview, and then so then I went back and looked it up. Yeah, that's a hell of a statistic. That really shows you, <laughs> and we've seen this in the past. We've seen this in the past with him, like you know, giving up takedowns at the end of a period, giving up escapes at the end of the period. Um, you, you know, just. Not understanding, not getting an escape. Yeah, at the not end of the getting period. an escape. Just not understanding the situation that you're in. You know the unfortunate thing with Miles was is he was in that match in deep on a shot, and we'll go through weight by weight, and we can talk about the match actually. Sure. But so he was defending a shot. He had the, he had the um, trick knee going, mm-hmm. and he had Bo Nickel's leg, uh, um, back leg, and then Bill Nickel was easily able to limp leg out of it. Dude, wrap that thing up with both arms. Bo Nickel limp leg out of it and finished a takedown. It was, it was, and I rewatched it on the flow where they just, which flow kind of does a cool thing where they'll just post like the, the highlights. School, yeah, the highlights. Right. You watch him limp leg out of that and score mm-hmm. at the end of the period when he easily, I mean, I don't know why, grab a hold of that ankle with your hand. Mm-hmm. He just kind of had his arm draped over it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anyways, I, I don't want to be completely negative. This is what I'll say. I mean, great job by Ohio State. It was a wonderful venue. Um, great atmosphere. I mean, they broke the, the it was the Ohio State record for you 15,900, know, right? Yeah, almost 16,000 fans at this duel. The place looked packed. You know, they, they put on a great show. The, the Buckeyes ran out of a tunnel. It was much like what Iowa did a few weeks ago. They had the fire shooting up. I mean, they had the, you know, the Ohio State marching band was there. The, that was sick. You know, they're not called the best damn band in the land for, for you know, for nothing. Yeah, that was tight. They had the Ohio State dance team there. That was pretty um, cool, too. They, they <laughs> honored Kyle Snyder and Logan Steber there. Yeah, they dropped their banners they for, dropped for their World banners. Olympics. I mean, so it was a great they experience. Did it there was a lot of, you know, they were a serving lot of beer. fans there. They were serving beer um but after that man once the wrestling started it, it, and let's just start at 125 let's just do what we do let's start at 125 that's fine but you know what one thing that I kind of 
upset me a little bit. Maybe it's because the venue was so big. We were flat as fans. You and I were in, in a section. We were the only people cheering. Everybody else was just sitting there, and kids are getting up trying to get their pop and their popcorn and their hot dog in the middle of, you know, two freaking All-Americans wrestling. And I'm like, sit down, dude. You don't see that at Rec Hall. You don't see that at Carver Hawkeye Arena. You can't hear in Carver Hawkeye Arena when you're watching it on TV. You can't even hear Jim Gibbons. <laughs> and we sounded like pipsqueaks, and I'm sitting here, you know, you know, cheering and doing all this stuff. And then also the fans, you know, they start to OHIO chant when, like, we're getting our butt kicked. It's like, no, shut up, sit down. Like, cheer when we can get our guys pumped up. Like, our fans... We're not Penn State. We're not Iowa, and and I don't like it. I, we need to be with fifteen, sixteen thousand people in the arena. That should have been deafening. We didn't have home court advantage compared to some of those other places. No, and I mean, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right on that. In fact, I think at one moment, you know, I can't remember what match it was. It might have been. It might have been the Pletcher match. It it might have been. Um, might have been my. It might have been Colin Moore's match. Colin. I can't remember. Maybe it was Tomasello's match. But I mean, we're on our feet. You know, we're screaming, we're, we're, we're whistling loud. I mean, and you literally turned around to the people in our stand sitting around next to us and said, get up and cheer. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, get up and cheer. So They're it, sitting there. The kid needed a corn dog. You know, it, that's, it's not, that's not the fault of Ohio State. That's just, that's just the fans. You that's, know, that's Ohio I, fan base. I, I will say the Penn State fans that were there, they were loud. They were, li- they were, they were getting some chants going. They, they did. They had some Where chants. Where is Bojo? Oh boy! I mean, they got those chants going, yeah. but anyways, yeah, we can start it off at one twenty-five. So, um, so let's just start at one twenty-five. I don't look. We we, we were fortunate enough to uh, write a preview for this duel. Um, we kind of did it in conjunction with um, Blood Round Wrestling. Um, they posted it on their site. Um, you know, we made our picks, and then um, Tommy B from Blood Round kind of played the voice of reason to our homerism. Um, you know, I saw this. I think you and I both saw this match as being a major decision. We, 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 we saw know, a major decision, which I, I it should have been. I think Tommy said the same thing. Um, I don't understand what's happened with Jose Rodriguez, and I'll let you provide your thoughts on this as well. But, you know, again, going into the Big Ten dual season, he was, I think, 11 and 2. Yeah, 11, 11 and 2. 11 and 2, and his only two losses were one point losses to returning all of Cruz and um, Joey, Joey Dance. Dance. And he, he had Joey Dance beat, right? But And he had a nice win over Trey Andrews. He had a nice win over Brent Fleetwood. Um, he, he was wrestling well, and then suddenly he has hit a wall, man. It's called the Big Ten Grind, baby. You, guess who he's got to wrestle? So he's got a non ranked guy from Rutgers um, on Monday, and then he's got to go wrestle Tim Lambert and Ethan Lezak. Dude, it is a grind, and. Mm. He he looked like he was out there to survive. He didn't look like he was out there to beat Nick Siriano. He took a couple couple you know shots from space, but he didn't look like he was out there to beat him. He looked like he was out there to survive. He lost nineteen four, so he lost on the tech fall by by riding by, time. yeah by riding time. So, but I don't know if he was out there to just get get majored because when you're out there when you go out there just to get majored, sometimes that doesn't work out, right? Yeah. When you go out there just to not give up bonus points, he looked bad. Nick Siriano looked hella good. I mean, he he got to his attacks. He scored off of J Rod's bad attacks. He rode him. He freaking came out front and laced up with his arms like a double chicken wing mm-hmm. and put him to his back. I mean, come, and we're just laying on our belly. Sir, I was watching that match. Suriano reminds me a lot at, of Nathan Thomasello's freshman year at 125 pounds. Um, the pace. Sure. Uh, you know, he's constantly moving, he's constantly pressuring, constantly attacking, 
Um, I think he probably rides a little better than Tomasello did. He did, but now and he's also true. Yeah, freshman true freshman. Days. Right. I think um, Nato was probably a little bit better of a wrestler than him at this point. Is true freshman year, but not not much. Not by much. And maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm being biased. And, maybe, and we probably are, but um, yeah, you're right, man. I mean, Suriano. I mean, he had one goal in mind, and that was to completely dominate that match. That was so much fun. He's he like, you know what? I got a major. I'm gonna step out front, double chicken when you put you to your back, and. Shame on Ohio State for for putting us in this position um, where we require a guy who's a very good wrestler who should wrestle 133 or wrestled 133 last year being our only option at 125. We don't have another backup, do we? We don't, and we're bringing in next year two guys that are like unheralded recruits from Wisconsin who like won titles. Undersized, too. Yeah, won titles at 3 and 13. Those aren't the answer. What are we going to do next year? You're telling me you're going to force J-Rod to cut down from... (laughs) cut down again to 25 next year that ain't gonna work because it's not that he's not a good wrestler it's just that and you probably remember this a little bit from high school and i certainly remember this from college you know when i was cutting to 25 towards the end of my career i was a shell of myself um in duels in tournaments i was fine and a shell of myself in duels yeah you know i, I was listening to the tommy rollins and ben Askren podcast you know the, their latest episode though and tommy rollins is off obviously privy to more information about the buckeyes and than we'll ever be. But one of the things he said, you know, Askren asked him, is it the weight cut? And, and Tommy said, you know, I mean, he's cutting weight, but he's not cutting any more than the average college wrestler. Yeah, I mean, nowadays people are cutting less weight. I think we can all agree oh, that people absolutely. are cutting less yes. weight. And I, think that he, and I think that Tommy might be generalizing there, that I think that he's probably cutting a little more than the average wrestler. Mm-hmm. But it, but it's a, what, I'm, what I think you meant to really say is it's a manageable cut. And he's having trouble with it. Um, I do think that there's some injury involved, but I think it's Big Ten grind, dude. And I think that, look... I don't want to get into my specifics, but I mean, I called my mom one time and like was ready to quit because uh, I was like one and eight. I, I was wrestling up a weight class at the start of the year because they had a guy that uh, they thought could make 25 and he ended up not being able to make it. So I ended up going down to my natural weight and then having a pretty good end of the season and qualifying for the NCAA tournament. But I was like one and eight at 133. And I called my mom and I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is a, And this ain't even a big 10. This is Eastern League grind, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm wrestling like Lock Havens and Edinburghs and stuff, and I'm like, I don't want to do this. Tough anymore. teams, yeah. yeah. But I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. This is not fun. Every time I step on the mat, I'm wrestling somebody that has better credentials than me, mm-hmm. and I won a couple, but I lost a lot. And it is, it is more than I can even describe. It is just, it plays with you mentally to the point where you're like, I'm not as good as I thought I was. Well, and that with 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 J Rod, that's kind of my biggest concern right now is that, you know, at the beginning of January, the guy was on a roll, looking really good, ranked twelfth in the country. You know, we were all thinking, you know, Buckeye fans in general were thinking, hey, we've got an outside shot to get this kid on the podium, and we hadn't, you know, weren't thinking about this before. But since then, I mean, he has just taken. He's had a horrible run, and I'm 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 more worried about what it's doing. No, here, it is mental. If those two rest, if those two wrestled at Cliff Keen, say Penn State with Cliff Keen, we lose by five. We lose by five if they wrestle to Cliff Keen. I'm not going to argue that, no. And and, and, and then now, J-Rod's like, well, shit, I'm not, you know, I, I, I've just got to go out there and try to hold it to a major. That's what he's thinking now instead of, I'm, instead when we wrestle Joey Danson, he's like, I'm going to go out there and try to beat him. Right. And because well, you, t- you tell me, there's no way Nick Siriano check falls Joey Dance. It ain't even a question. I hope whatever it is, they get it figured out. You know, I, J-Rod is a, is a great wrestler. Um yeah, I hope they get it figured out. It's you know, there's still a lot of season left. Anything can happen. We'll see we'll see where it ends up at. But he's taking one for the team, cutting that weight. 
All right, what's your thoughts on 33? Well, Nathan I, Tomasello and what, George Carpenter? Yeah, I, I mean, I think we called it a, being a pin because we were, you know, obviously a little homerism, but we know that Tomasello is not a huge pinner. Um, Doesn't have a pin on the season yet. Yeah, I mean, he got uh, Carpenter in a cradle, wasn't able to turn him. He, he, he did what he did. He got two attacks from the single leg mm-hmm. and from the high crotch. I thought he was going to get a pin from his high crotch to a Turk. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I wrote, which we've seen done yeah. before. But you saw every time he got in on a high crotch, Carpenter just bellied out. He said, out. yeah, I'm done. You yep. know what Carpenter did? He, he played the game. He played the game. He said, yeah. I guarantee they had penciled in five there, you know, at least, right? Penn State penciled in five to six there. And Penn State probably penciled six in. So when they get five, hey, you know, George Carpenter, he's got one win on the season, man. And I'm not knocking the guy. The guy's wrestling for a Big Ten team starting, you know. So, but Tomasello does what it does. I, I got nothing else to say about that. It, it, it doesn't give me any – I don't got anything. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, you know, for, for fans watching the match, that was the that was the uh, the highlight for us, and we didn't have another highlight for a long time after that. Well, and our fans probably thought that was the greatest thing since sliced bread because they don't know shit about college wrestling. <laughs> don't be so harsh. Don't well, be not like harsh not like the .net crew, and you know, but there's a lot of people there that like. Oh, so we were sitting next to a little kid, and I'm and I'm like pumping him up, getting him excited, telling him like all this stuff. They don't know that stuff. They're just there to eat their corn dogs, man. <laughs> That's not all Ohio State fans. No, I the people that are listening to our podcast aren't like that. We've got a good fan. Ohio State has a pretty good fan base, but I get the point that you're trying to make. Sorry, I, that, that was a little. That was a little. That's harsh. I know you're fired up about this. Yeah. Um, one of the most anticipated matches for us, you know, you know at least, was at 141 pounds. Um, two kids from Latrobe, Pennsylvania. They've kind of got got a history with each other. Um, Luke Pletcher t- taking on Jimmy Goulabon. Pletcher being the freshman wrestling up at a weight, filling in. Um, obviously, since Keyshawn Hayes was injured, um, Gulaban, you know, is is was an all American an all American a couple of years ago at 133 pounds. Um, been very inconsistent since then. Do you I've, remember what he took? Was it a seven eight? No, I think it was a fifth. Oh, I think he took a five. That doesn't um, surprise me. Yeah, I think he took a five. Um, it, you know, this was a toss up match. Let, I'll be honest, it was a toss up match, but I really thought that Pletcher had a chance to win this, and he did. He had a chance to win. I this. favored him in that match, and it wasn't just. It, I swear. It, and all right, so Tommy, Tommy B, you know, even agreed with us. I don't think it was a homer pick. I thought based on what I've seen this mm-hmm. year. I mean, Pletcher had beaten guys like uh, Kyle Springer from Eastern Michigan, who Jimmy lost to. Right. And I know Jimmy's kind of on a run because he beat Tover Carton, who. Who um, Pletcher already beat, but I favored Pletcher in this match just based on what I've seen this year. I favored him, even though I think yeah. Jimmy's pretty damn good. You know, I like Jimmy. Uh, absolutely. I, th- I mean, there was two things that that determined the outcome of this match. One, we gave up an escape at the end of the first period, and two, um, when, when we took bottom, bottom, Jimmy did what Jimmy does. Well, we he, got out first he, when we got taken down. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We got taken down, and then he was able to lace up that leg. Let's which talk he does. about this real quick because when we t- when he took down, you and I looked at each other and we said Jimmy's gonna just lay on him. Mm-hmm. He's gonna lace that leg and lay on him. And we got out, and you and I are like, all right, we're gonna win this match. Mm-hmm. Then we get taken down, and then Jimmy did what he did. He, it's I mean, it's stalling, but. It is what it is because you know what? It's it, like grabbing the ankle but without your hand. You're yeah, using your yeah. you're figure fouring it with your legs. I mean, it's 100% stalling, but I'm not argue, I'm not mad at him for doing it because it's within the rules to yep. be fine. Yep. You know, he's completely parallel, you know, lacing the leg. We just couldn't get out there. And we got up to our feet a couple times. He, you know, he kind of just drug us back down. But that match can be flipped 100%. 100, don't you think? Oh, I agree completely. I mean, when you lose that off of a, 
you know, again, giving up that escape at the end of the first period. And then just, you know, ultimately it was a riding time point that, that got the victory for him. Problem is, though, he got to our legs a couple times. One, we fought off, mm-hmm. didn't give up a takedown. And then he got his he got his outside single, his high C, mm-hmm. and took us down. We didn't get to his legs that was one my, time. Yeah, and that that's a good point. And, you know, that's what I was going to say is that the only thing that really concerned me watching that match was I'm not sure that Pletcher even took a legitimate shot. He tried. I, I really do think he tried. I just think that he didn't. He he didn't his setups weren't. weren't I mean, we never we never him. touched his leg. No, correct. We hit we hit him in a Steve like overtie shot right. for a quick takedown. Um, we didn't get to his legs, but that 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 doesn't mean that we can't. I'm telling you Agreed. that match can Agreed. be flipped, Agreed. and we just got to get out. We can't let Jimmy freaking lay on us, you know, mm-hmm. for a freaking half a period. And maybe we need to we need to chunk up a little more riding time. I agree. All right, um, 149 in a match that featured two uh, top five ranked opponents. Number one, Zane Rutherford um, scored the tech fall over number five, Micah Jordan. The score was 20 to five. That was a competitive tech fall, in my opinion. Yeah, it really was. And you asked me, I mean, you said... That's silly to say. If I would have told you that Micah Jordan was going to score two takedowns and still get tech falled, would I have believed you? Because we called for a major. We called for a major, and we were thinking Micah wasn't going to get any takedowns. We were thinking, like, what, 10, 11, 2? Yeah, and that was based off of his uh, match last weekend with Sorensen, where he, you know, sure. couldn't get to his attacks sure. at all. Zane, and now Zane looked, you know, a little more human because we took him down twice, and and both of the takedowns were legit. One of them was off a single leg. We split the middle. We fought hard. We stepped the leg. Mm-hmm. We pulled the other leg over our head. Scored two. Second one was off of an opposite side barrel roll. Yep. Did you notice that it was yep. an oppo? Op- yep. An oppo barrel roll. Both legit takedowns. What happened was we got. Um, so we were battling. It was early. So we were up 3-2 at a time. Mm-hmm. And we were putting a ride on him. We had like 50 seconds of ride did. time. Yeah. And Mike was doing that little backside Jordan trip on yep. him. Yep. And then uh, he gets out. And then Zane gets in on our leg. And we we, we funk out of that. Mm-hmm. And then we're neutral. And the crowd is actually getting into it there. Mm-hmm. You know, good job. And then he gets uh, – we shoot, we shoot a bad shot because we shoot that low-level stuff. Zane hits a short drag to our side. And we get around. And we try to Gramby. Yeah. And we got caught on our back. That. If we give up two there – Okay, it's a but different we match. Up six. We gave up six, yeah. and then the match was over. Yep. Right? If we give up two there, we're down by three or two, mm-hmm. three or two. Mm-hmm. If we give up six there now, and then he blew it open, and then he turned us one more time, and then he, you know, started taking us down at will. Um, it's a, it cannot be flipped. Nobody's beating Zane Rutherford this year, but the match can be much closer if we don't if we if we wrestle a little less smarter, a little smarter. But that's not what I care about. My my thought is, can Micah get to the finals to see him, or can? You know, we might end up seeing them. Let's pray for the fifth or the. We want the sixth seed, right? Three, yeah, yeah, sixth seed. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you. I don't even think I have anything else to add on that. You, Sorry to all, take that. No, over. all great points. I mean, um, and we got ridden. We got ridden. I mean, and that's kind of to be expected. I mean, we know Michael Jordan struggles on bottom. Um, I think it was great. It was a great sign. Um, that he was able to take Rutherford down twice because we we were That's concerned. True. Yeah, we were concerned after the Iowa match when I mean, really, Micah couldn't get to any offense against Sorensen, um, which we thought he might be able to do. But to be able to go out there and score two takedowns on Zane Rutherford, I think legitimate and, takedowns. Too. And, and you made a great point on this. I mean, really, he just 
You have to understand who you're wrestling, what their abilities are, and what the situation is in the match. And I don't think that Granby was probably the best thing to do at the time because Zane Rutherford is a guy that that's, that can stop you in that Granby. He's, he, he's known for putting people on his back, and you you really got to protect that. You got to protect your back against him because G- give that's, up the takedown. Give up the takedown because you're once, still in the match if you give up the takedown. Yes, absolutely. You know because once you end up on your back with Rutherford, I mean that's when the match gets blown wide open. You know what and, somebody once told me. Don't wind up on your back, bro. That's exactly right. Don't wind up on your back, bro. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know, man. We're... I'm still high on Michael. We had a conversation on the way back, and, and I'm not calling you out, but you said, you know, you think it would be a, a, a pretty big upset for him to beat a guy like Kalika or um, Maze. I think, I think that's what you said. And I said it would be an upset, but I, I think it could be done. So tell me about that. My reasoning behind that, and it, it's not a knock on Micah. I mean, I, I would love to see Micah in the finals, and I think oh, he can be sure. there in the finals. But for him to be, you know, a guy like Kalika or a guy like Mays, I mean, Mays is a two-time All-American. Kalika took third last year. And uh, Mays is a guy that— took fourth. Or, yeah, he took fourth. took fourth. Mays is a guy that it's hard to train, hard to train for, right? You, he's got a different style. He, he does. Kalika's more of like a Sorensen style. Kalika has the ability to wrestle in all three positions and wrestle well in all three positions. You know, Mays is kind of a lot like Micah, but some of the things that he does, you know, he just does it a little better. Um, the My biggest concern with Micah is— I'm not sure if I totally agree with you on the, that he oh, does it a lot of times. And that's fine. I mean, my biggest concern with Mike is just the fact that he struggles on bottom, man. He struggles greatly on bottom. Sure. And as he's shown in this against match. Against really good guys. Against though. really good guys. Maze ain't riding him. I mean, I don't think Maze rides anybody. But yeah, and Kalika might. But I'm not saying he can't beat them. I, when he's wrestling them, you know, I'm going to believe he can beat them. I'm going to be rooting for him to beat them. I just think at this point, I mean, yes, it would be deemed an upset at this point. It would definitely be deemed Especially an upset. Especially by rankings. Yeah, it would be deemed an upset, but I think he can do it. Uh, agreed. I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, right. So let's see here. I want to check one one other thing. Um, uh, never mind. I uh, can't figure out what I was looking for here. Um, so anyway, at 157 pounds, unfortunately, we had to send a backup out there. Um, was it Mike DiCarlo? Anthony. Anthony DiCarlo, I'm sorry. Um, went out there. I mean, what, what do you expect? Dude against, battled. What do you expect against Jason Nolf? He got a, he got a reversal on him. Yeah, he, he, he true. took shots. He, did. he got he in did. on the legs. He got in on the legs. He took shots. Unfortunately, I mean. Dude was 2-6, and six, you know, before that. Yeah, match. it doesn't matter what position you're in or how deep you get in on Jason Nolf. We've said this before. that he. he He's just amazing, and I don't know, you know. That's like when I used to get real deep on Kyle Ott when we wrestled in high school, and every time he pinned me. <laughs> there was a an interview with with uh, with Nolf on on track wrestling after the match, and he he kind of said like I think in the preview that we wrote, um, we said like it's just Nolf's just making stuff up as he goes yeah, along, baby. And that's basically what he said. He goes, "I'm just out there doing what I want to do, making stuff up, and I'm having fun." And that, well, you can the, have fun when you're wrestling. That's the best attitude to have you know i mean he is legitimately just well, their team does that they, they right? all they, they really do and they even practice that stuff in the room we've talked about that mm-hmm. but, but yeah so anyways you know anthony DiCarlo gets a reversal on him that was kind of hey, hey, he scored two points you know he got to his legs a couple times you know what he, i'm not sure it would have been different if we put a starter out there anyway so yeah i mean you concerned about jake ryan like as far as like why he wasn't out there i, mean, I don't know injury? he might be injured maybe I, look he might be injured it might be the way cut we know something's different than last year that's all we know that is true so um yeah i mean obviously nolf you know ultimately got the pin there so it's kind of to be expected um 
at 165 pounds. This result surprised me. It really did, considering the fact that Bercher has only been majored by Imar. Yeah. And he wrestled. Now, like I said, close close losses don't equal wins. But right. he wrestled uh, Zeke really close. He wrestled Daniel Lewis to, to a decision. That's correct. And he wrestled the dude from uh, Michigan State who's really hammer on top. Hughes, uh, I Hughes think it's Hughes, yeah. To a, to a 5-4 match. And he lost in overtime to a pretty decent guy from Cornell. Um, was it Womack? Yeah, Womack. So I was thinking, I, and I really do think that statistics would have bared out my decision that it would have been a um, decision mm-hmm. match. It, it just wasn't. He we, he looked really flat. Major decision, right? Yeah, 11-1. Yeah, 11-1. Getting turned, I mean. Yeah, I mean, Vincenzo went out there. I mean, obviously, the, the entire Penn State team, for the most part, they were they went out there ready to battle. And, I mean, this, this, the great thing about that team is that they are just always looking to score and score and score and put it on opponents. They just love to wrestle. They do. And I, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Um 174 pounds. I was disappointed, man. And I know oh, you, everybody. I, was I know you have some things to say about this, and I, I will say. I this. don't even know how in depth I'm going to go, but yeah. You know, one of the matches I was definitely looking forward to the most was Bo Jordan against Mark Hall. I think for one, it really show like how Bo is right now with his lack of training and you know lack of being on the mat. And then two, I was I was excited to see where Mark Hall really is at right sure, now, wrestling the number one guy in the you know in the country. Um, unfortunately, they did not put Bo Jordan out there on the mat. A week you know, after he wrestled a return all American Alex Meyer. Yeah. So they were saying. So I'll, I'll interlude with this: is that you know last week Ryan said that Bo wasn't 100 percent healthy, but they put they put him out there against Alex Meyer because they thought he could win. Um, you get a week more, and my my thought is unless he tweaked the injury, then he was ducking, and it wasn't him. I guarantee it wasn't his choice, but he was he was ducking Mark Hall. They were they were protecting his seed, and I will go as far as to say that that's almost a guarantee unless Bo re-injured his injury. And this is where I'm going to disagree with you on that. And, and I think it was evident at that point in the match that Penn State was was well ahead of Ohio State, and I, our, win the match. our chances of winning the duel was basically gone. Um, and so it was more or less if he if he still if he still is injured you know he yes he wrestled a returning all american last week you know against Iowa but and the match had, was still within the grass. it was still you know it was a close match um and, and, but they even said that that was the first time that Bo had been on the mat in 3 weeks he hadn't even trained so if if the match if the duel was was out of reach and we're we're finally just starting to accept it that Ohio State is not going to win this then maybe they were being cautious you know, just as a precautionary measure, why put him out there right now? It's not going to have any to get impact a good on match. the duel. It's, I get it, man. I get it. I wanted to see it. I really did. Sure. But, I mean, here's the reason why that you don't put him out there is because he's not 100%. And because when he's not 100%, maybe they don't think he can beat Mark Hall. But that's ducking to me. If you're, if you're good enough to go a week ago, then why aren't you good enough to go now? Uh, look, and I also read something that they knew Bo wasn't going to go before the duel even started. It's funny that you said that, though. If you're good enough to go last week, why wouldn't you go this week? We had the same conversation about Corey Clark last week, and you completely disagree with my take on that. Yeah, it was a little bit of a different story because if Corey Clark would have lost to Tomasello, he's not going to lose his ranking because he was already ranked below Tomasello. Mark Hall's ranked below Bo Jordan. Bo Jordan's ranked first. If you lose to Mark Hall, you're going to lose your seed, whereas Clark would not have. Clark would not have dropped in rankings, and I don't think they would have even— dropped in a seating criteria whereas if Bo loses he's dropping in rankings and a seating criteria 
Yeah. You know, we talked at length about it last week, and I think this is where I disagree with you on that, is that I think if Clark, like again, last week loses to Tomasello, and then he loses to Tomasello again at Big Tens, now you're going into the national tournament with, it, at minimum, three losses when you're going to have guys such as um, a, a, a Cade Brock or a Gross who's going to have one or two losses, and now you're looking at Clark being the possible four seed and being on the same side of the bracket as Tomasello yeah, I, I, I guess. I guess there's... You know, I guess there's, I guess there's, there's different thought process. To me, you know, Bojo no show, um, as they were chanting kind of in the, uh, in the stands. Very disappointed to see that. Let's hope he didn't re-injure his injury. I hope not. Everybody's saying it's that turf toe, but I'm not sure it is because turf toe doesn't heal in three weeks. And my, uh, Tom Ryan said that his injury was like a two to three week heal mm-hmm. process. Maybe a sprained ankle. Or my something bottom else. line is, if if you're gonna wrestle last week. But maybe he didn't get any training in this week either, so I don't know. Who knows? I, I just I disappointing. Look, we all know, and Brandon, you said this before. We've never gone to an Ohio State match where they put out the full lineup. Never. I've never been there when they've put out the entire starting lineup. Yeah, and even if they would, if Bojo would have went, I would have almost considered it the starting lineup because mm-hmm. you know who knows. Right. You know, Jake Ryan, I understand that, but we still don't. You make this huge, huge, um, you know, proclamation that. Man, we're selling out the shot. This is going to be a crazy match. It's two versus or one or two versus, you know, depending on what you look at versus four. And come out and then you lay an egg in front of your fans. How is that going to bring fans back? People are posting on those message boards saying, I brought 75 kids from my little club. You know, you get on Yappy, people are hammering Ryan. Oh, they're hammering him, saying, I'm bring, I brought 100 kids from my club. I brought 75 kids from my club here and there. You know, they got their corn dogs and. You go out there and you are non-competitive. Were they commenting on the fact that Bo didn't wrestle? Yes, there, yeah. there was part of it that said that. Yeah. yeah, you didn't put out your full lineup. I, I mean, you know how I feel about it. We've we've talked about this ad nauseum. I I just I think that's Ohio State. Tom Ryan's made the comment that duels just do not matter to him as much. Correct, and rightfully so. That's his that's his decision to make because he. One thing that can't be debated is in. The grand scheme of things of the college season, duels played no impact on who the national champion is. Let me so, ask you. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Could Bojo have wrestled? I mean, I think if he could have wrestled last week, unless he completely, you know, aggravated had a had a major setback, I think he could have wrestled. So the only reason why he didn't wrestle then would be seed protection, in my opinion. Or it could have been... Which not, I'm not mad about. Yeah, or it could have been not to risk further injury in a duel that's already out of reach. I disagree. If you're going to put him out against Myers, then you're obviously not terribly concerned about further injury, but not put him out against Hall. I no, gotcha. I it's gotcha. seed protection. I got you. Okay. And, and we can debate whether or not that's smart, mm-hmm. but it was seed protection. I got you. I got you. I, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down, man. I know you're, you're fired up about Don't it. Don't pump up this duel as being like the best thing since sliced bread. That's a terrible analogy. I hate that analogy. But don't pump it up. So to, cliche. Yeah, to, it is. Don't pump it up to be, oh my goodness, we're putting out, you know, huge crowd. You know, it's one of the top five crowds of all time at a duel. And lay an egg out there and then tweet afterwards, thanks for everybody coming out. It was great. Look at how many fans we had. You know what? You know what I care more about? A win. Because you know what Penn State tweeted out? That they wrote an article that said Penn State crushes Ohio State. Well, they did. Yeah, and they wrote well, we that article. Crushed. Crush. All right, let's go on to 184 pounds. Um, a rematch of last year's national championships. Some fire. Um, Bo Nickel taking on Miles Martin. 
Um, look, I, I don't think anybody can debate this. Aside from Gabe Dean, nobody has wrestled better than Bo Nickel in the 184-pound weight class this season. And, you know, Miles Martin has had his struggles recently, albeit his struggles Pat have Daniel been... Pat Downey will debate you. <laughs> albeit his struggles have been two guys that are, you know, the top-ranked guys top in that talent. weight class. You know, the lowest very ranked guy, good guys. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. There. Go ahead. The lowest, the lowest guy was Jack Deco that he lost to, and that's returning All-American. Yeah. So. Um, go ahead, Ben. Take us away on this one. I know you have a lot of thoughts well, on this match. Well, Miles Martin can win this match. You, um, people were, you know, on people were on Twitter afterwards saying that there's no way that this match can be flipped. It can be flipped. Anytime you get taken down in the last eight seconds each period, and the match is 8-2. God, that's a hell of a stat, Yeah, man. and we were in on legs a couple different times. We were in on legs off, dude, this reshot that he hit. Oh, yeah. That, off, off the whistle, mm-hmm. or, you know, earlier in the match, this reshot he hit, leg in the air, you finish that. Okay, we're looking good. We got in on a double leg, deep, and Bo Nickel does a gator roll, or what is it called, a, a monkey roll. Mm-hmm. Bo Nickel just does a monkey roll, like old school freestyle stuff. We got into scramble positions with Nickel. Why are we trying to outscramble Nickel? Yeah, we... And I don't think the majority of wrestlers yeah. are, are not going to outscramble Bo Nickel. Yeah. I mean, that's where he that's where he makes his money. But if you at. go back and watch it, if you just watch those highlights on Flow. Seriously, you can for free. Everybody go out there and watch the match. It's like two, it's a two minute clip. We get in deep. We get the leg. If we can finish, figure out our score there, great. We get in deep on a double leg. Another shot we get in deep on, and we just get monkey rolled and um, get scored on. And on top, we get a little cocky trying to do something, and Bo Nickel reverses us. All things that are fixable, and if you don't give up takedowns at the end of those periods, guess what? We're in that match. We can win that match. I'm telling you, freaking Miles Martin can beat Bo Nickel based off what I saw. I really do believe it. I mean, he's beating before, obviously. Uh, obviously, you know, Nickel, you know, owns the the, the overall record. Four to one yeah, in college. I mean, four to one in college. And I don't even think, uh, I think before that, I don't think Martin ever beat him before that either. No, I think um, they're all pretty close. You know, but Miles Martin has proven that he can he can, he can can hang and he can beat with Bo Nickel. But you're absolutely right. Again, God, I'm blown away by that statistic that he gave up a takedown at the end of each period. I mean, that completely changes the outcome of the match. Or at least the, the situation of the no, match. No, it completely changes the outcome of it. Don't give, maybe only give up one of those. Different story. Here it is, if you want to read the top little piece of it. You know, it, it literally, it's just, you can't do that. Match management. Yeah, well, yeah, we said that before. We said that earlier that um, I, there were multiple matches in this match where uh, the Ohio State wrestlers just did not manage the situation very well. But that is stuff that can be coached. That is stuff that can be coached and corrected, so that is a bright spot. What's worse than getting taken down with seven seconds left or giving an escape up with seven seconds left? As coaches, that furiates me. Or giving up a takedown on the edge. And Miles fought off takedowns from Bo, too. And he was in on his own. I mean, yo, yeah. I mean, if you want me to answer your question, I I hate when people get pinned with seven or eight seconds left. Yeah. (laughs) Period. So so based off of of what, now that you've kind of heard me talk about it after I've rewatched it, Mm -hmm. and and your visual of it, I know, at the match, which it's hard to digest a lot of stuff when you're Mm -hmm. watching it live, it really is. Do you think Miles Martin can beat Bo Nickel? I think he can definitely, I think he can beat Bo Nickel. I think... I don't think the odds are in his favor. Right now, the odds are not. I mean, going Hunger Games. They're 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 wrestling at different levels right now. Um, and and I think a lot of it again. I think a lot of it's mental. You know, with with Bo Nickel, yeah. I mean, I think with the other guys, there was a little horsepower issue, mm. and you know, some of his losses at Midlands. You know, maybe he wasn't on a peak training schedule at the time. Sure, sure. But 
I think that, and, and Miles Martin, he took down Sammy Brooks. He can score on these dudes. Um, I, I think that he's got a good shot of All-American. I think, you know. I think he does too. He hasn't lost to a slouch this year. There's been no match that he's lost to that you would say, wow, why would he lose that match? Agreed. I, I completely agree with so, you. So, you know, I'm still looking for him to All-American this year. Um, I, I think he's got a great chance to. I think, you know, obviously you just yeah. said the same thing. But you so. hear people say that, like, oh, he's, Miles Martin isn't wrestling very well this year. Okay, he's not wrestling elite. What was his record going into Nationals He lost last six year? matches. He went in there with six losses. And he's got six right now. But granted, remember, half of his, most of his matches he wrestled last year, or at least half, were redshirt. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't wrestling the, he wasn't wrestling the schedule that, that we were, you know, that he's wrestling now. He's going through the grind. Tell me one match he's lost to besides the one of, uh, the Gabe Dean one that can't be flipped. I, I don't. I can't think. He was of one. pretty darn close with Zavatsky. Yeah, he was very close with Zavatsky. Close with Decal. Close with Brooks. Close with. Uh, was it Renda? We Renda close. beat him up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it is what it is. You know, it doesn't matter what you do during the regular season. I guess you can have going to NCAA's with ten losses. All you got to do is win your last five matches to be a national champion. So. Boom. We'll see what happens. Um, hundred ninety-seven pounds, number four, Colin Moore. Uh, Wins by decision over number nine, Matt McCutcheon. Um, dude, McCutcheon has a sneaky way of keeping matches close or not allowing guys to score a lot of points. But Colin Moore looked damn good on his offense in that match. He looked good, but I was disappointed by the outcome. Um, I was never – here's the thing. McCutcheon took Moore down twice off of Moore's shots mm-hmm. with, with some funk. Mm-hmm. But I was never concerned that Moore wouldn't be able to win the match. I knew Moore was going to win it the entire time. Moore rode him out. Like, Moore did what you're supposed to do. You take a guy down with 30 seconds left, you ride him. Ride him out. You don't let him get out. Um, nine to six, I was disappointed. I thought it could have been worse. And it could have been worse if, because McCutcheon didn't take him down off his own shots, off McCutcheon's shots. It could have been worse if, if Moore finishes those rather than getting like, you know, one of them was like a single leg and then Moore does that little limp leg spin around. The other one, you know, dive through the leg. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Moore hit his patented dude, trip. Dude, he's hitting that arm drag trip yeah. again. He also he had, had a double. double leg. That double, that was, double leg was so sick. nasty. Yeah, dude. Colin Moore is legit. Look, McCutche- McCutcheon wrestled. Moore beat McCutcheon worse than Farr did. That's true. So, I mean, and I'm not saying that transitives to anything, but I was a little disappointed because I thought it could have really been like a 9-3 to three match. I mean, I really Farr did. beat us way more than 15 to seven. McCutcheon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that could be more like a 9-3 to three match. Mm-hmm. I don't see absent some random crap happening, McCutcheon ever beating Colin Moore. I agree with that. Um, I, Colin Moore has been such, man, such a... He's raw. Unexpected, pleasant surprise for the Buckeyes. I mean, I think we knew there was potential there, but to, for him to be this good so soon and the fact He's that he freshman. is still raw... I mean, he's still got a lot to learn. Once he develops his mat game to go along with his, you know, his, you know, on his feet, he's going to be very, very good. I, I said it a couple podcasts ago. I think he's going to win two titles. You think so? Yeah. Oh, I'd love to see it. I think Absolutely he can. Love to see it. So, all right, heavyweight man, last match of the bout. Uh, number one man, versus number three. Number one, one versus <laughs> number three. I mean, uh, Neville's wrestled Connor Medberry a week or two ago and and lost four to three, and it was a close four to three match. Kyle That's Snyder right. goes out there and scores what nine takedowns? Uh, yeah, it was it was nineteen and nine. Neville's, I think, all of his escape, all of his points were off escapes. Yeah, nine takedowns hit him in some low, hit him in a lot of low levels. Remember when he hit that high crotch, quick mm-hmm. pop up? Yep, to, that was beautiful. I mean, so that's an above the ankle. That's above the, you know, that's an above the knee attack mm-hmm. too. So he's got these above the, against a big guy. He's got above the knee high crotches. He's got low level singles. He's just a goer. Um, 
19 and 9, and it could have been worse. If, it definitely could if have Snyder, been. Snyder was kind of trying to go for his three quarter Nelson pin mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, he was trying to score points to make it not look or score team points. Um, if, if Snyder just wanted to play the take him down, let it up game, it could have been way worse, even maybe a potentially a tech fall. <sighs> I mean, what else can you say about him? I, I, I truly think we're watching. I mean, it's he's obviously one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Um, I didn't. He's an animal. That I wish. I mean, it really. Yeah. I mean, to go out there and dominate the number three guy in the country like that, amazing. You know, I, I hope fans really, really understand or, or appreciate what they're getting to watch with Kyle Snyder and are actually paying attention because, I mean, the sad reality of it is, is. Eventually, he's not going to be there anymore. So enjoy it while you can. Get out and see him. Watch his matches on television. He's a once. Um, he's a he's, he's a, a once in a, a generation life, type. You know? Once in a lifetime. Yeah, I mean, we're, we got Chase Singletary who's going to c- come in, and he's probably going to be a three-time All-American, maybe or something like that. Who knows, right? I mean, maybe who, who nothing. Knows? But you know, that's what people are thinking. Basically, he's number one ranked two twenty. He's not going to be Kyle Snyder. I mean, we are legitimately watching the best guy in the world at his weight class right now. It's fun i mean it's just a lot of fun to to get to see so um so yeah there you have it though uh buckeyes they uh, unfortunately they they took a took a beating at the hands of penn state i think penn state is really starting to show that they are you know one of the top teams if not the top team in the country and probably the you know at this point the odds on favorite to win that national championship um as a buckeye homer i'm not counting them out anything can happen brackets get busted we'll have to wait and see how it plays out that's right man you know um so Ohio State, they're they're, they're wrestling actually uh, tomorrow, aren't they? Uh, yeah, we got a duel, a makeup duel that was canceled due to to weather against uh, Rutgers tomorrow at at Columbus. There's a couple interesting matches there, you know. Not to go too in depth to it, I think that um, you know Nathan Tomasello is going to wrestle Scott Dovecchio, who's been in and out of the rankings. I, I don't see NATO having an issue there. But one that I really think is going to be interesting to kind of pinpoint where um, Luke Pletcher's at is he's going to be wrestling a returning two time All American Anthony Ashnault. Yeah, that's uh, and returning Big Ten champ. Yep, um, sh- I think that should be a great match. I mean, obviously Ashnault's the favorite. Um, I would have liked to have seen Pletcher going into that match with a win over Golubon, but this is what I'm looking for. I think the mistakes that Pletcher made in the match against Golubon are very, very, very correctable. So I, I want to see how he responds and wrestles Ashnault on Monday. Yeah, and Golubon kept it close with Ashnault when they wrestled. Is this the is this the the signature win that Pletcher gets? Because he needs, you know, he's still waiting on the signature when he's beating top 20 guys, but he's not, not beating anybody in the, in the top eight. Here's my thoughts on that. Yeah, um, I think I think Pletcher can hang with Ashnall on the feet, okay? And he's got to. He's got to score a takedown. When he's on bottom, if you let Ashnall get your wrist, he has that nasty cross-wrist tilt. And if he locks it up, I mean, that's when he scores bunches of you're gonna wind up on your back yeah you're you're gonna wind up on your back and that's when he breaks matches open so he's gonna have to figure something out on bottom he's got to get out from bottom and he's got to score a takedown on his feet um try to keep the match close we'll see what happens yeah i i mean i think i'm gonna pick ashnall to win but you know i think pletcher at some point pletcher's gonna get a signature win over a top eight guy before going to nationals i really do i do feel it um, you know, another decent match I think is going to happen is uh, uh, Miles Martin versus Nicholas Gravina. Gravina now he is uh, he's not a returning All American, but he's not bad. You know, and I think this is a win that this is the one of the types of wins that My- I think Miles is going to win, and I think it's going to be convincing because it's going to be similar to the Emory Parker win or the win against the guy from Binghamton where he teched, you know, he's teching top twenty guys um, or in, in major and top twenty guys. Now he's got Nicholas Gravina 
um, who I don't know much about. Brandon, do you know? I know he's in the rankings. Yeah, so he's ranked 13th right now. I believe that would be according to Intermat. Um, Gravina actually wrestled Gabe Dean earlier in the season. Went into the third period um, about a one-point match. I can't remember if it was 2-1, to 3-2, to two, something like that. I mean, the problem was, though, is we Gabe Dean has that amazing pace that Gravina just couldn't hang, couldn't keep up with that pace anymore, and then Dean broke it open, and I think eventually made it. Nationals last year, Bo Nickel beat Gravina eleven to nine. It's interesting. Gravina's good. He is very good. Don't get me wrong, and I think this match is going to be a lot closer than what people may think. Um, you know, as a, as Buckeye homers, yeah, I'm definitely looking for Miles Martin to win this match, but I mean, he's going to have to come ready to wrestle. It's not going to be easy. And I think Gravina might have had a decent Midlands tournament. I'm looking at too. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong I'm looking at the wrong uh the wrong things here. Eleven and nine was when um uh, Miles Martin beat Bo Nickel. Or, so um yeah, Gravina he lost to Emery Parker actually eight six this year. So but he did beat Pete Renda eight to two. Yeah, I think well, that was at Midlands, right? Yeah. So Yeah, he had a nice Midlands run. Um I can't remember. I think did Deckow beat him in the semifinals? Deckow beat him, yeah, in four, the semifinals, four to two, sudden victory. Yeah, so he had a nice win over Pete Renda, um, and then uh, he lost to Emory Parker. That's a weird loss. That is kind of weird. But Emory Parker's ranked too. Emory Parker's ranked what thirteenth yeah. right yeah, now? Yeah, no, I'm yeah, sorry, fourteenth. Yeah. At the and he at, beat Steve Snyder from Binghamton six two. We we I think that we uh, tackle him. So, and Snyder's pretty good. I think he's ranked top top fifteen. Top, top fifteen. Give me Miles Martin in this one, and it might be a major. You know, it's, we've seen that. I'd like to see it. He needs so. it. He really needs it at this point. Um, so that's Monday night. Um, great Big Ten matchup in Columbus. I hope uh, we get some fans out there to watch it. We'll definitely be there um, to kind of cheer on the Buckeyes. Um, I don't know, man. What else you got? I, not, not much, man. I think that that's probably a good place to stop unless you want to keep going. <laughs> I, got, I don't have a whole lot else to say. I'm kind of kind of – Man, I'm pissed we had to talk about Penn State again. Yeah, hey, you know what? I'm uh, All right, Penn State fans. We get it. You guys are great. We yeah. respect your team. Blah, blah, blah. blah Don't blah. be like Iowa fans. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. All right, did I already ask you who I thought you were going to win a Super Bowl today? Yeah, Patriots are going to win, picking the Patriots? Yeah. I'm kind of rooting for Atlanta. I'm tired I'm rooting of seeing for the Patriots too. to win. I hate Tom Brady. He's a cheater. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> On that note. This has been the Inside Trip Wrestling Podcast, episode number 10. Thanks for listening. Find us on Twitter at the Inside Trip one Feel free to email us if you'd like at TheInsideTrip1 at gmail.com. You can follow Ben directly on Twitter at BallLaw, myself at Brando413. If you want to listen to our podcast, you can find us on all the typical podcast places. Subscribe on uh, iTunes, Google Play. Catch us on Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, wherever else you can yeah, think give of. Yeah, re- give us a review, too. I yeah, think, listen, like rate, review. I don't even care if it's a bad review. Talk crap about us. We don't care. Sure, I'm in. All right, peace out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy your day.